some other way, uh, some other place to know that they can partake of this meal as the Lord has asked us to do um, until he returns. Amen. Amen. I encourage you to do it with your families. I, I know there are specific people uh, that I know that are actually a part of this church that live so far away they can't be here. Otherwise, they would be here every week and we love them. And uh, there are people in other countries all around the world that watch um, all the time that I've never spoken to. So I just want to encourage them, hey, do this at home. Do it often. There's not a set day of the week, a set day of the month. There's not, uh, it's not a, don't make a religious thing out of it. Just do it because the Lord asked you to do it. There's power in this meal. And simply uh, your act of obedience to what the Lord has asked you to do shows him honor amen. amen so praise the lord we will and as far as the, the the blood and the bread just get you some grape juice and a bag of crackers if you need to and i'm not trying to say that to be disrespectful i'm trying to bring it down to its the simplest form of truth okay if that's what you have then that's good, okay? Amen. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. I always like to take this time to encourage everyone to, whether with your eyes open or closed, just to reflect and to, to see our Lord and Savior, to see Him doing what He did all the way through His life, 30 years of preparation for an amazing three and a half year ministry, preparing that little band of church members that he left in charge of everything, agonizing in the garden, but deciding to do the will of God the Father. You know, he could have stopped it right then. <laughs> he could have called down angels. God would have started over with his son and himself and the Holy Spirit again, and we would have been in We'd have been done, but he didn't. Not my will, Father, thy will be done. And he went through what he did and hanging on that cross. It's important that you see your sins, him being punished for your sins, him taking every aspect of the curse, sickness, poverty, all of the negative things that we endure in this world that we don't have to, that he paid for through the atonement. Part of that is poverty and sickness. The forgiveness of our sins is definitely a main thing, but that was just one of the things that had to be taken care of for God to be able to restore that relationship with you, which is what he wanted. Jesus did all that. 
You need to see all your ugly on his body on that cross because he took it for you. The punishment for it. He exhausted the judgment of God on that cross towards you. Your judgment on Jesus. So think about that anytime you want to atone for your own sins or try to be self-saved, huh? It won't make you go sin more if you understand the mercy and the grace of God. It'll make you thankful. Amen. Amen. And then it's very important you don't leave a crucifix in your mind. Well, you'll never see a, a cross with Jesus on it in, in a church, in our church. Amen. Amen. Or I pray in any of your homes. Because he didn't stay there. He didn't stay in the grave either. They could not hold him. And when he got up out of there, he was just as pure as the driven snow. So he didn't get up with all your junk. And he doesn't want you to live in the rear view mirror either. Amen. Are we good? You love him today? I'll read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. And he said, beginning in the 23rd verse. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns.
Oh. 
of this house, and we love him dearly. Amen. Amen. Came in from Florida. Surprise attack again. <laughs> He'll be with us this week and next week, and Easter Sunday. Oh, all right. So I want to start right now and just have everyone to, uh, we're going to do it, an in-reach, in-reach, outreach, huh? Start now. Use all of your, in that drawer somewhere, you have all them little blank thank you cards. Just start sending them out. Invite everybody you know, get on the phone. Use all your social media methods and, uh, and texting apps and all the things beyond that that I wouldn't understand. <laughs> Search over Hill and Dell and bring everybody who needs the Lord. Amen. And then the next week we'll buy a new building. Amen. Praise God. I just want to, I just want to take a few minutes. Um, last week, we continued talking about hearing from God, uh, as this man of God who I just mentioned started us out journaling on the first of the year, didn't he? How many of you still doing that just to bless him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you heard something? Yeah. Well, last week we were talking about how, and we've been sort of focused on how we, we hear God in the early morning. And, you know, we know that Jesus spent a lot of time early in the morning. And, and the, the primary reason, I think, 
a couple of things. First fruits is always good with God, right? Give him the first part of your day and he'll make the rest of it. He'll, he'll make all the crooked places straight. I, I do believe that. Also, there's just something special about the morning. But, as and, and we talked about that, that still small voice. That God doesn't prefer to speak to us in a lightning bolt or, or in, a, in an earthquake or in a, a great storm or in a big rumbling voice. He doesn't want to have to actually write on the wall for you. Huh? He speaks in a still small voice and that's his preferred method. Again, not putting him in a box. He can do whatever he wants. And uh, we sort of got to a place where our sister May at the end, she had a great point because it looked like I was just kind of stopping at a place where you had to hear him there in the morning. I'm glad she said what she did because God speaks to you all the time. He's always turned on. Amen. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I hear more from him throughout my day than I do in the morning. I, I, I'm more in tune with him in the morning and I love giving him the first thing if, if I, I, I will avoid I don't care how many bells and, and phones and, and things are ringing off the wall I will go be with the Lord first because there's something very special about before you put anything else in you know but it's important to know that, that God will speak to you all the time there, there was a woman this is a funny story, but she wrote a book called Get Up and Pray. And uh, I saw her with, uh, with uh, Marilyn Hickey on her show one day uh, when, when I used to be a crouch potato. Uh, now, I would watch some of that. I don't have it anymore, I don't think. But anyway, she had written a book, and, and, and I haven't read the book. I don't remember who she was, but all she had to do was describe her book, and I was like, that's awesome. And she was talking about how people just... You know, and, and we preach a lot about this, about how people think if they haven't heard the answer to their prayer or hadn't been solved by the time they get up off their knees, then they just got to take care of it themselves. He didn't answer, you know. And that's that microwave mentality that we have in this country. It's just not true. The Bible does say, be still and know that I am God. So it's in the, it's in the stillness that you, it's his preferred method for us to speak. But what I wanted to just touch on lightly, and then I'm going to turn the reins over but Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, I talk about that so much. And believe me, I do that on purpose with all of the things that we learn here because these are things that you don't hear in uh, Mama and them's church. Huh? It's not, you don't hear what I say. Do you know that? You hear what I keep on saying. <laughs> It's the truth. <laughs> I'm glad to see all the pens break out. You know the dullest pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind. Write it down. It's okay to write in your Bibles. <laughs> that verse has been interpreted to, for people to think they can just get what they want. It's just to justify selfishness. We know that's not the case. We teach that that verse, he will give you the, the, the desires of your heart. It's if you make him first at its core. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a way of hearing God, 
by putting him first. And that's the main thing. That's what I want to tell you today. I have a five-hour message. You're going to get the 20-minute one so that <laughs> you can get the other two hours, three, four, from Russell. <laughs> Don't run, Dan. I was joking. <laughs> Delight yourselves in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That means he's going to put his desires in your heart. And once you've got this renewed mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you haven't been transformed and poured into the mold of this world, but you've been transformed and poured into the mold of the kingdom of heaven. And you think like Jesus because you got the mind of Christ in you. It just takes a little time to get all the garbage out and all the good stuff in. Amen. But then you're walking and talking like the Lord. You're thinking about him. He's keeping you in perfect peace because your mind has stayed on him. And why does he say he does that? Because they trust me. And then you can allow that peace to be the umpire in your life. What I'm saying is you can get to a place where you almost have to backslide just to not hear God. Yes. You can get so full of God that you can't stand the lie anymore. And when you get to that place, and that's a very real place, mm -hmm. it's a wonderful place to live and be. Because that's who you're created to be. You're not a do to be, you're a be to do. Mm -hmm. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All of the wonderful things that he did for us in the first three chapters of Ephesians empower you by the grace of God to do, to be all of the, th everything that he created you to be and to do. Yeah. Well, that sounds like legalism. No, there's grace for that. There's grace for that. There's grace for forgiveness. It's the only time the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. Go, go raise the dead and heal the blind and, and, and all that. Okay. Drive out the devil. All right. They did it. He said, you got to forgive a limited, a limitless amount of times in a day. Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> There's grace for that. Amen. Amen. A guy I talked about once or twice, Andrew Womack. He, he lives in this place we're talking about. I don't mean Colorado. I mean in a place where it just God, God is first and foremost always. <clears throat> he, he was supposed to go to Costa Rica to minister. He accepted the invitation. He had his travel arrangements and itinerary set. The plane flight were booked. He decided that was the last thing on earth he wanted to do. He, was, he, he wanted to go. He accepted the invitation. He booked the flights, everything. He, at some point before it was time to go, he decided it was almost dreadful to even think about it. I just don't want to go. And this is a man that preaches that a righteous man will swear to his own hurt and change not. And he means it. Talking about the good old days when you could, a handshake meant something. 
Not just a time for something to start means a time you should probably leave the house and contracts were just made for good lawyers to break and all that. No, he didn't believe like that. So he's not one to break a promise or something, a commitment like that, but he knows, he knows that feeling. He had to call the people and you know what? We would come up with a story, most of us. I hope I wouldn't. You know what he told them? Not coming. Called him himself. Didn't put it off on someone else. Why not? They were so disappointing. Had so many people coming. They were so excited. A visit from someone like that is a huge injection and a shot in the arm for a small church. It'll quadruple sometimes from one visit. Especially if somebody gets healed in front of everybody. Why aren't you coming? I don't want to. I just, I don't know. I'm just not coming. They were mad. He didn't quite understand it. He just knew he wasn't supposed to go. That, that plane that he would have been on leaving Mexico City crashed on takeoff and killed 169 people. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. It's not an audible voice. It's, it's the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit. And then your spirit will talk to you in words that you understand. Get that? It, and again, when I say something, don't come and say, well, he can. He, I, I've heard him talking in audible voice too. I'm just saying. This is, this is what I didn't finish last week, right, man? He'll talk to you in lots of ways. And then that peace is what you're after, though. And there's always peace in the, when, you, when you're in the presence of God, you see. And then you can hear God. When you're angry, when you're bitter, when you're hurt, you don't hear God. That's why you don't keep your own counsel. That's why I call Russell. <laughs> <laughs> And other people that I that I know aren't going to agree with me in the flesh. I try not. I don't ever. I don't share my flesh. I just I just can't talk sometimes because everything I want to say, I already know the answer to, and how I would minister to someone trying to say that. You ever been there? <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, fix me. That's my first prayer, and then I call a godly friend, who are your only real friends. Yes? yes? Come on now. Yes. I just want to... Luke chapter 9, and I'll end here. It's where the Lord had me this week. Luke chapter 9, verse is 23 through 26. And Jesus said to all, If anyone... Raise your hand if you fit into that category... If anyone would come after me, that means anyone, he's talking about believers that would come after him. Okay? Because he said, if you believe in me, just in John 14, uh, uh, 12, he, he said, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they'll do. And even greater works will they do because I go to the Father. And then in John 12, 14 verses later, he said, the Holy Spirit, the helper, 
whom my Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So that paraclete, the one who comes alongside and takes a hold together with you of against all the things that come against you in this life, that Holy Spirit that God sent, Jesus said, it's good that I go so he can come. So don't disregard him. He's the one speaking to you. But Jesus said, if anyone would come after me and believe in me, so these are the ones that are going to do the works he did and greater things, huh? Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Verse 25, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his own soul or himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Listen, folks, it's not foolishness to give up what we can't keep to gain what we can't lose. Hard times are coming to this earth. And Jesus and the Father have given you everything that you need for this life and godliness, no matter what is thrown at you. Yes, amen. Amen. But just like having money in the bank and never writing a check, you can spiritually starve to death with everything that he has at his disposal at your disposal. So you need to be prepared. Self-denial is a, is a very important part of the Christian life. Jesus sacrificed his life for us, and he demands that we die to ourselves so that we could experience the new life that he's provided with us, so we could enter into this eternal life and, and the, the, um, the life of abundance that he wants for us. But you can't live that life when you're living out of self-will, you see. You got to enter into his will. Thy will be done, Father, every day, every moment. And the way you do that by recognizing that you can't save yourself by your own effort and by trusting him. Trusting him with everything, with every aspect of your life. Then every day you need to deny your own wisdom and seek God's wisdom and direction for your life. Understood? You're with me? Yes. Am I speaking the heart of God? Am I speaking the word of God? Is this leading anyone toward victory and freedom? Okay, then, then we're doing good. Because we have a vision here. It's to help, heal, empower, love, and prosper. Heal you everywhere you hurt. Spirit, soul, and body to empower you through this word and the promises of God and to love you with the love of God and help you to know that you are loved by God so you can give away what you do have and to prosper in every way. Amen. 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 But let me tell you something about self-denial and I'm about done here. I hear a lot of folks. I hear a lot of folks talking about Good people in this world. This is all the time. Mm 
But self-denial is only good when it's denying ourselves for the singular purpose of glorifying Jesus and his will for us in some area of our lives. Amen. Some have made a religion out of self-denial and they take pride in their self-denial instead of Jesus Christ's lordship in their lives. And this is a mistake. It leads to legalism and bondage and really the deception of the worst kind. Because it's so widespread and it seems, it seems right. That's the deception. Paul condemned it as will worship in Colossians chapter 2, verse 23. We're told not only to deny ourselves, but to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Jesus. The world calls people who deny themselves good people, don't they? What do I mean by that? Well, uh, he was a good man. Uh, preacher, will you come and uh, minister at this uh, home going? This celebration of life. Immediately, my heart sinks. I got to ask some hard questions. Uh, was he a believer? Was she a believer? Uh, well, probably more so than not. Good man. Hard worker. Hard worker. Give his shirt off his back. But if he never laid down his life at the foot of the cross at Calvary, he never received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and only source of salvation and right standing with God. Well, then God says he's still a condemned man. This is the goodness and the severity of the living God, folks. And he's justified to condemn anyone who shuns his son and the only means of justification for their own goodness. This is why God needs disciples and not just converts. He needs men of God raising you up for the work of the ministry. When you really believe the message I'm ministering here right now today, it becomes a burden and a passion that you don't want anyone. Anytime I minister anywhere else, whether it was been in a prison or on the streets or in a uh, back of a building on down on Montrose or wherever, or in front of huge auditoriums or on, uh, my main thing when I leave, promise me you're going to meet me in heaven. Because it doesn't just happen automatically. And if this end times bride is going to be walking in power and love and victory and anointing and adorned with all the gifts of the spirit, then there's going to have to be some denying of self and commitment to live a life bearing your cross daily. I'm not going to be one of those people that I don't want to hear them say what a good man I was. Apart from Jesus, 
They can talk about what Jesus did for me. But I'm going to say, as long as I have breath, if there be any good thing in me, it's not me, but it's Christ who lives in me and gives life to this mortal body. Even if I work harder than all the others and the ministry saves half the world, I'll still declare on my dying bed, it's not I. It wasn't me, but the grace of God working in me. I give all the glory to my Lord and Master and Savior and King and Brother and Friend, yes. Yes. Redeemer and God, Jesus Christ. Yes. 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 Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Will kind of teed it up for me. And we didn't talk. We never do. Uh, before I come, uh, I'm going to be ministering along these lines. Praise the Lord. God has so much for you today. And all we have to do is really plug in and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. If you were to walk in the fullness of what Pastor Will just said... No one that you currently know would recognize you in 30 days. If you walk in the fullness of what Pastor Will is talking about, the entire world would know your name in 24 months. We're talking about living in a place completely abandoned to the Spirit of God. Saying, it's not my will, but yours be done. What do you want? I'm not living for myself. The only thing I care about is Jesus, what do you want for me today that will radically transform your world? Hallelujah. God has so much for us today. All I want on planet Earth is for you, right? Because I'm here in this building right now. All I want on planet Earth is for you to walk in the fullness of your purpose. I'm a little distracted Someone is watching or listening to this broadcast and you're in the north. I feel like you're in Canada and you've received a diagnosis in the last three weeks about some type of problem in your blood. And they're saying it's probably leukemia. I cancel that report in Jesus name. And you're, you're, you're watching this on your laptop. And you felt something as communion was being served. And I tell you by the Spirit of God that your blood is being cleansed. Amen. Even now in Jesus' name. Yes. And I thank you for it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye to YouTube. Because I just can't sit in front of this thing. I'm sorry. Love you. Listen to the audio. Hallelujah. You know, Elvis Presley, that was his favorite song. That last song that they sang, Surely the Presence of the Lord is in this place. And I got to sit in a meeting once with some people that used to travel with Elvis. And he actually had a gospel quartet travel with him. And they actually opened for him, even in his big arena shows. And he was so tormented by the devil that was assigned to his life that it ultimately took his life. But he was a believer. And he believed in the power of God. 
And he lived in this state of torment, and he never broke through to a place of freedom. But he would come after the meetings, and he would have those gospel uh, quartet singers that were with him. They would sing that song over and over and over, and it would just be anointed on that song, would just drive that devil down that was trying to take his life. And I know his life didn't end gloriously, but I promise you we're going to see Elvis in heaven. I got to talk to a man that was there that led him to the Lord in a prayer of rededication in the last year of his life. Hallelujah. I was thinking about that as we were doing that. You know, the anointing, I believe, is the most precious substance on earth. The most powerful thing in all of creation is the blood of Jesus. But the most powerful thing on this earth, and just some people would challenge me on this, I believe, is the anointing. The manifested presence of God. Because it's by the anointing that every yoke of bondage is obliterated, destroyed, gone forever. And even in this room this morning, I feel a different anointing. I felt I woke up at 3.30 this morning and I felt provoked in my spirit. And I'm like, God, what is this? And this has been a, a crazy week for me. I think I've been in... By, by, by Friday night, I will have been in like seven hotels in 11 days. I mean, this has been like a crazy week. And I kept feeling something about this meeting, but I, I couldn't get any clarity on it. And then I woke up at 3.30, and I felt provoked in my spirit that God wants to bring great breakthrough to people here at Grace and Truth Church. Yeah. And it all comes by the spirit. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. God loves Grace and Truth Church because he interrupts my world to talk to me about Grace and Truth Church. <laughs> On Friday, I was flying here. And, um, you know, Pastor Will likes to start with a joke or something funny. And I, I went through an experience that I said, there is no way anybody would believe this. And I said, you know, I think I'll tell that story at Grace and Truth Church. I don't really tell, like, you know, many funny stories, but I lived one on Friday. So I'm flying out here from Tampa. And um, a couple of years ago, the Lord really challenged me. You can look at the size of me. I don't fit in normal airplane seats very comfortably at all. Now, I will tell you this. I'm on the shrink. I'm down another size since last time I was here. And I promise you, I'll be back with you at Easter. I'll be down another size. Watch and see. Amen. The Lord said, Russell, I'm going to preserve your life. And I'm going to give you a birthday present. I'm going to take all that weight off of you by your 49th birthday. So on August the 7th of this year, I know, the Lord told me, if I would listen to his voice, and we'll talk about that perhaps this morning, that I would weigh 222 pounds, which some of y'all go, man, that's fat. Listen, at my highest, I was a whole lot north of that, like more than 100 pounds north of that. The Lord said on August the 7th, on your 49th birthday, you'll weigh 222 pounds, and you will tell the world you did it to my glory. You didn't do anything but listen to my voice. Not one ounce of willpower, not one pill, not one potion, not one shake, no multi-level crap. Just listen to my voice. Hallelujah. So, I don't fit really good in normal airplane seats. So a couple of years ago, I was sitting very cramped, I think on Southwest Airlines, and I'm watching all the, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm miserable. And it couldn't have been Southwest because they don't have first class. I was somewhere. And there's a first class section. And I can see all the business people coming on. 
And they're just having cocktail after cocktail. And there's actually a disturbance because somebody's getting blitzed and having to get cut off before the flight even starts. And I'm like, Lord, I am here in the middle seat with people that are bigger than me on both sides. And a screaming kid that's crapping his diaper in front of me. I'm miserable. And the Lord challenged me. Who bought the airline ticket? Me or you? Oh. The Lord said to me, do you think it is any problem for me to put you in first class every time you fly? I said, Lord, you know how much first class costs more than coach. The Lord said, Russell, do you? And I said, well, honestly, no. I mean, I, I upgrade with points and I hope I get on standby and I hope my status gets me there. So the Lord said, never again in coach. Now, that really pisses people off. They think you're taking, you know, you're, you're abusing God's money and all that kind of stuff. But in the words of the great Smith Wigglesworth, I'm not abusing God's money. I'm taking care of God's servant. Amen. So this, this Friday morning, I'm flying out of Tampa and I'm in first class and it's comfortable. You know, the seatbelt can actually click and the seats are double wide and it's comfortable. And I'm like the only non-drinker in the whole thing, you know, and they're pretty sparkling water with lime and... In walks a lady, and she looks like a movie star. She is wearing an outfit that there, there's, more, there's much more skin than fabric. And it is hot, electric, pink. And there's only one empty seat next to me. And I said, no, 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 this is happening. This is happening. And she comes and she sits next to me. And she is carrying a dog carrier. <laughs> And she has a white poodle that she has dyed the ears, the feet, and the tail the same color as her outfit. And she wants to tell me all about her dog. Now, I'm about to lose half the crowd. I'm not a dog person. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. I'm a zero pet person. Anything that licks me with the same tongue that licks its privates, not my thing. Now, I know people love their pets, believe me. People love their pets more than their kids sometimes. This lady loves her dog. So I noticed she's carrying like a $5,000 purse. And she has an outfit for her dog that's also Louis Vuitton. And I'm like, man, this is like a different reality. So she was talking about the dog the whole trip. Not my thing. I'm trying to be polite. She asked me if I'll watch her dog while she goes to the bathroom. What do I know about dogs? The dog is yelping, yo, 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 because mama's gone away. She lets the dog out on the flight. So the dog, I mean, out of this little carrier, jumps up on her lap, and the steward, I'm like, surely the stewardesses are going to come and put the dog back. No, they go and pet the dumb thing. So I deal with that the whole flight. We get off the flight, and we're sitting there at baggage claim together. God is my witness. Here comes the lady in the barely there hot electric pink outfit with her white poodle, with the bright pink dyed everything, and stands right next to me, lets her dog out, who proceeds to pee right next to me and run across my shoes. True story. Not a dog person. Not a dog person. I said, Lord, is there anything that I can learn from this? Whenever I go through uncomfortable things, I promise you, I ask the Lord, because if it's not the devil, he's defeated. I don't even give him the time of day. 
But if I go through something uncomfortable, I'm like, Lord, is there anything to learn from this? And there is. Not from getting your shoes peeled on. Not that. <laughs> the Lord said, that lady, she didn't, give, she didn't give any thought to what she paid for that purse, what she paid for that outfit, what she paid to have her dog all foo-fooed up, how much her dog's outfit cost, whatever it costs to pay for to bring your dog in first class. She has no concept of money. She's just living. And she's very lost. Why are you so stressed about money? And I said, God, am I stressed about money? And he said, what have you been thinking about the whole flight? Well, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm building this studio. And we're, we're, we're doing everything by faith. And everything that comes in is going out. And I've literally been trying to figure it out in my head for two and a half hours what I'm going to do. God as my witness. I'm processing all of this. I get an email. And every time money comes in from overseas, I get an email. Because we have to be really careful. We have to verify when we send money overseas, we have to go through the State Department to make sure that they're not on the terror watch list. Because you start sending money overseas in large quantities to people on the watch list and you get guys in suits visit your house. So we have to watch this stuff very carefully. I get an email. I'm believing God for about $4,000 a week right now has to come in. For me to come here and do this meeting with y'all, I put no pressure on Pastor Will. We never talk about money. I don't talk about money with anybody but my wife and God. Some people think that faith without pence is dead. If you know me, you will never hear me talk about a financial need. I know how to believe God. And I need about $4,000 a week right now where the ministry's at. There's a day very soon I'll need 10 times that. And I promise you in Jesus' name, there's a day coming I'll need 100 times that a week to do what God has put me on the earth to do. But I need $4,000 a week. I get an email that from a third world nation... Where the monthly income is $250. Somebody sent me $4,000 U.S. dollars. You do the math on that. Is that a year's income? I don't know. I haven't done the math on it. It is astronomical. My first instinct is, no, God, that's too much. No. I need to send it back. No. This is, this is the supernatural life that we live. This is the supernatural provision of God. And God said to me, if that lady can live her life with no regard for money, that's how you're supposed to walk in the ministry. And friends and grace and truth, that's how you're supposed to walk in your daily life. I know this. On June the 4th of this year, maybe 29 years in the full-time ministry, and the number one tool of the devil to keep men and women of God from their purpose in the earth Amen. is financial pressure. Yeah, and I want to bust that thing everywhere I go until I leave the earth and go be with Jesus. Amen. You have things in your heart that you were put on the earth to do. And all of it, there is a price tag financially associated with it. And that's why the devil has done such a Pitiful job 
But he's actually done pretty darn good. But he's so pitiful, he doesn't even get any kind of condemnation. He has done this job of convincing the church that God is not interested in money. God is very interested in your money. And I'm not taking up an offering. So chill. <laughs> God wants you blessed. Amen. Just today. Just today. I was thinking about this story. You, you, you know in 1 Kings 17 where Elijah prophesies the drought? And then God says, go to the brook Cherith. There I'm going to provide for you. You're going to get your water because there's a drought in the land. And he said, it's not going to rain again until I declare it. So he gets to prophesy all this stuff, but he's also got to live through it. So God sends him to the brook Cherith and says, you're going to drink from the brook. And I'm going to send you the ravens to feed you. You know what kind of food ravens must have brought? Like nasty roadkill. Yuck. Can you imagine living in a place where ravens are coming and dropping stuff out of the sky? Ugh. Yuck. So you hear that story and all that's good. And most people like the next part of verse 17. One of my favorite places to preach from. And it's Elijah and the widow woman. But just think about this. Just this morning. As I was spending time with God in my hotel room. I remembered this story. Because again, I'm believing God for big things. Every week, $4,000. Flap, flap, flap of the raven's wings. God brings it in from all over the place. I know I'm in the will of God. I know that God told me to spend the first half of 2023 and support Will Brocker. And to strengthen his hands in God. And I'm committed to coming at least once a month on my own dime. Just because I love him and I believe in the call on his life and the destiny of this house. Amen. But I've got to do that on top of all the other commitments that I've made to all my missionaries. Everything else we've got going. I live by the flap, flap, flap of the raven's wings. And if you'll get over into the perfect will of God, you'll live out of the abundance of God. And many times it comes by the flap, flap, flap of the raven's wings. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the great evangelist in India that a lot of Americans don't know, the Reinhard Bonnke of India, a man named Rambabu, won tens of millions of people to Jesus in India. He was the only, he was the first Christian in his family, and he was exiled from his family and kicked out, disowned. He was the first person to ever receive Jesus, and so they kicked him out. He's literally living on the side of a brook. He is literally scavenging the earth, trying to find enough food and drink to live. But he does have a Bible. And he's reading 1 Kings 17. This is a story that I heard somewhere that may or may not be true. I was in the meeting in the last 10 days with his son who told this story. He read about ravens coming to feed a man who was on an assignment from God. And he said, God, I have nothing. I think he was 17 years old. I have nothing. Got no food, no drink. I got no clothes. And my underwear has got so many holes in it that it's literally just falling apart. It's disintegrating. When I was a little boy, that's an underwear I liked. I would have to fight my mom not to throw away my favorite Spider-Man underwears. They had more holes than they had fabric. But he was living that way, but not by choice. 
He said, God, I know that you're real. I desperately need underwear. And he saw a little speck in the sky getting closer and closer and closer. And if Rambabu is a man of God, and he is, he says a raven came flying directly toward him and dropped a brand new package of underwear in his size right at his feet. Now, if God will take care of a 17-year-old budding evangelist in India, won't God take care of you as you step out in radical abandon to fulfill the will of God for your life? Yes. Yes. And my brother here, as you stand in faith, if God has to bring it by ravens, he will. But he won't have to. Because I see you stepping into the blessing of God with a pay increase where you're celebrating. In Jesus' name. Can I prophesy? I see. Stand. I see God wanting to do something in your body. Lift your hands. This is so odd. Yellow Brick Road. What is the name of that old movie with the Yellow Brick Road? The Wizard of Oz. I see the Tin Man. Do you have a bunch of problems in your joints? I, listen, I see something happening in your joints. And I literally see the hand of God lubricating joints. Even right now. In Jesus' name, the oil flows. Amen. This is important to God. If you're not currently in pain, then you're on the, the path to be in significant pain. And even this morning, that thing turns in your joints by the lubrication of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, I'm in all night prayer, maybe I don't know, three weeks ago. At my church, the first Friday of every month, we do 12 hours of prayer from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Only about 1,000 people come, and, but it is awesome. And if you've never prayed for 12 hours, you're like, well, what does it feel like to pray for 12 hours? It's long. <laughs> Until you step over into the spirit of prayer. And then you'll swear you've only been there for an hour or two. My wife and I, we, we, we literally, we load up on espresso before we go. Just when your body is used to sleeping at 1 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, your natural body gets tired. But your spirit is only getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So here I am. We're at 12 hours of prayer. I've received word just a few days before of a desperate situation where only the hand of God intervened. There's a little four-year-old girl on my support, a great, a very close friend of our family, and she needs a miracle. So I told my wife, I said, we're going to go and we're going to just press in for this little girl uh, all 12 hours. So here I am. I'm just, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm just, you know, I, I like to move and pray. There are people that can just sit here and just pray for 12 hours. Not me, Bubba. I mean, they come and do worship like a couple of songs every two hours and get you up and moving. And as soon as they're done, man, get me out to an aisle. Let me walk around the outside. Let me just move and pray. And I step over in the Holy Ghost. And God said to me, ask me anything. Ask me anything. So I grabbed my planner. 
with pages that look like this. And I wrote down 20 things that I needed to hear God on. Because God's covenant promise to his kids is if you'll ask, I'll answer. So there's something about me. If God said it, I believe it. And everyone else can go and kick bricks. If God said it, I'm going to walk in it. And if I'm not walking in, I'm going to have the humility to figure out why. And I could just, we could just stay there for a long time. But let me move on. I want to tell you what God said about grace and truth and why I'm here this morning. All night prayer, I write down 20 things. And the Lord says, ask me anything. And I said, I wrote down 20 things. And I didn't write down grace and truth church. I was praying for Pastor Will and his recovery. Which the Lord said will be perfect. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't, don't know if I told you that. Yeah. Everything restored. Praise the Lord. As I'm finishing these 20 things, the Lord says, as you minister at Grace and Truth Church, I want you to preach on becoming a person of the Spirit. He actually said on being, becoming a man of the Spirit. And I've been talking to my wife about that. And she said, God told me, to my wife, she said, God told me I'm a woman of the Spirit. So I changed it. God said, preach at Grace and Truth Church on becoming a person of the Spirit. You can be a person of the flesh. You can be a person trapped in the realm of your mind. You can be a person who lives by human effort. Or you can be a person of the Spirit. And so Pastor Will is just teeing it up this morning. And I'm like, just hurry up, man. Give me the mic. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know how that feels, don't you? So I'm going to endeavor this morning... I felt some prophetic things. Even, even I, I text Pastor Will when I was flying down here. I know that I'm connected to this house because I'm starting, as I pray, I'm starting to see some of your faces in prayer and know things that are going on in your life. And that's very much like when I've been like, you know, on, on leadership at a church. It's always been like that. It's a little weird. You know, it's like I'll be having a date with my wife. You know, and then all of a sudden I have someone's face in front of me. It's a little weird, you know. And so I used to tell my church, you interrupted my date night. You know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But so here I am, and I'm flying, and I'm seeing some of your faces. And I'm looking for a couple of people that I don't see, that I saw. But before the meeting ends, I'm just going to minister to some of you and just kind of go that direction. And God has some things to say. And it's, it's wonderful. But I want, to, I want to dial in on becoming a person of the Spirit. And God said something to me that challenged me. You know, Pastor Will was talking about, you know, when you can hear God. And like Andrew Walmart, hearing God all the time. I say this in the fear of the Lord. I say this with no human ambition. I hear God all the time. I, I've structured my life. To live in a place where I'm on the same wavelength with God. Uh, there's never a time that I'm not hearing God about something. There are times God is not answering me on some things I'm asking Him. In fact, I, I often say this to my wife. Man, the Lord just told me 15 things I didn't ask about. And the one thing I really need an answer on? Not crickets. And if you, if, you, if, you, if you get into that place, then that's where you have to stay in a place of trust. Now, I want to say this. I felt this as I was sitting over here. 
The wrong relationships create static in your ability to hear God. And I don't even know what that means. I heard it as I was sitting over here. And I want to just head that direction. God said to you here in the house, wrong relationships create static in your ability to hear God. So what that means is that there are going to be things that you're trying to hear God on. And you actually have more regard for what a person says than what God says. And you'll only acknowledge the dominant voice in your life. That's why a lot of people can't hear God. Because their own thoughts, their own thoughts are so loud that it, it just it creates so much volume and static. They can't really hear God. That's why fasting is the master key to hearing God. When I, when I was sharing that with you the first Sunday of this year about hearing the voice of God, this is something that by God's grace He gave me. And I've helped people all over the world learn to hear God. And the journal and Him saying, I love you, and knowing there's never a time He's not speaking, that's like level one. There's like level two, level three. I'm going to jump in here about level four of hearing God. And I just want to minister along these lines. I want to talk to you about static. Remember in the old days before digital radio, if you were to dial the radio station, you could almost get there. But if you weren't just perfectly in tune, there would be this static and you would hear other things interfering. By the way, those of you called and, and having prophetic gifts in your life, that's what prophesying is like. For me and for many, many other prophets. And, and again, I don't use that term lightly. I'm just telling you, God told me I'm a prophet. But when I introduce myself, I just say I'm an evangelist. You can call me whatever you want to. Just a personal thing with God. Between me and Him. But in the prophetic, I'll hear things. And, they're, and I hear them very clearly. But there's also static. And so sometimes you'll see me pause. And I'll just really like dial in. Like I prophetic word for that lady in the back there. What's your name? I have a prophetic word for her. I'm going to give to her at some point in the service. And every time I look over her direction, I hear something very clear. But I've also got my own thoughts of what I'm talking about and where I'm going in the message. And then I have my own thoughts reminding me that at 3.30 this morning, I saw your face. And I have something for you from the Lord today that blessed me so much. I was laughing and crying at 3.45 concerned about hotel security. I've got to deal with all this if I'm up here ministry, it's no different for your lives. You're going about your life, and the voice of God is there. If the Spirit of God lives inside of you, the voice of God is there. But what happens is you've got to get very confident about what God sounds like, what your own thoughts sound like. And Pastor Will was sharing with me, and I mean, this is so true. That what does the voice of God sound like? He sounds like creatures you love and your own thoughts. Because it all comes through the soul realm. But you can get so confident in the voice of God, you can pick it out anywhere. And by God's grace, at 48 years of old, that's about where I am. That I can pick out the voice of God in any situation, anywhere. Even with the lady's dog peeing next to my feet. <laughs> the Lord was actually talking to me about this meeting while I'm standing there and the dog's pee is running past my feet. But to hear the voice of God accurately, you want the, the number one master key? Get your world quiet. Turn off talk radio when you're in your car. Turn off the TV. Listen to the Lord in silence 
and get very confident. God is always speaking. The Lord told me that once when I was first learning to hear the voice of God. Because a prophet had told me when I was 20 years old, he prophesied to me for an hour and a half. And he described my life in great detail. Do you think you really want someone to give you an hour and a half prophecy and tell you all about your life? You don't. It's terrible. For five years, everywhere I walked, is that my wife? Is that my wife? What's her hair? What's her hair? How tall was she? I mean, I knew. He told me what she's going to look like. And every detail he nailed. But every building I walked into, is she here? Is she here? Is she here? Hey, is she here? You don't want that. But, you know, it's, it's, when I've prayed about grace and truth and I've asked the Lord, where can I make the most contribution? I didn't really have an answer until the Lord came and told me that during a 12-hour all-night prayer session. And so whatever influence or whatever ministry I'm, I'm able to offer here, I'm going to stay on this court with God and with you for as long as my time here. There will be a day my time here ends. I'll always be in relationship with Pastor Will. But I know this season. I literally feel like I'm home. When I pull into that parking lot and I see all you guys walking in, it feels like this is my church I used to pastor in Fort Worth. But there will be a day, just like it was in Fort Worth, when I walk into the building and it changes. And I know, Will, the, sea, the winds of change are blowing. The seasons are changing. But until that happens, I feel like I'm home. I love this. I love you. And I'm not just saying that. That's not preacher talk. I really love you. Amen. And God said that my input into your world is to help you become a person of the Spirit. So you never have to question, what is Russell going to be talking about if he stands up here and sweats and yells? I'm going to be helping you become a person of the Spirit. Amen. And the number one attribute, in my opinion, to becoming a person of the Spirit the very foundation is hearing the voice of God accurately so that you're not led astray. Yeah. I can tell you as someone who's been in the prophetic ministry for going on 30 years, most people have heard God and then they get led astray. I was just in a meeting since I was here last with a man that has a 10th grade education. He's 32 years old. His company is now worth $100 million dollars. And he built it by hearing the voice of God. And we were at a ministry conference and he got up to share. How does this happen? How do you go from literally 10th grade education, homeschooled, went to Bible college for two years, and now you're leading a $100 million company with a $3 million a year salary in your startup company? And he was talking about hearing the voice of God. And he said something, Pastor Will, and he quoted Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen. In, the, in 1951, Dad Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen Sr. had an encounter with God where the Lord Jesus appeared to him in bodily form seven times. And he gave him profound instruction according, and he literally preached the word to Kenneth Hagen. And he said, go teach my people faith. And on the last seventh encounter, he said, I'll never appear to you this way again. And he said these words. And God brought this back to me, praying about this meeting. He told, Jesus told Kenneth Hagin Sr., if you believe he's telling the truth, and he is. He said, this is the last time I'm going to appear to you in visible form. I'm now going to lead you like I lead all my children by the written Logos word of God. 
and by the inward witness of the Holy Ghost. The voice of God is also the inward witness of the Holy Ghost. You, if, I'm making this up. I'm not being prophetic. I have to clarify sometimes. If you came to me and said, I'm thinking about getting a job over here. 99% of the time, I would have an inward witness if you're in the will of God or not. I used to tell my church, I, I can't put this out publicly, but I have an undocumented gift of the Spirit. It's called metal on metal, metal on rotors. When I was young and broke, you would drive your car until all the brake pads are gone and get down in the rotors. You know that disgusting feeling of metal on metal? I have a spiritual gift. If you tell me something and you're way out of the will of God, I'll feel metal on metal. And it really sucks when it's your best friend telling you who he's going to marry. It really sucks when it's your wife telling you something. I really feel like I'm being led by the Lord too. And I'm like, oh. And I've learned that she knows my look now. She said, she'll literally, my wife Belinda will say, metal on metal? And I go, yeah. Listen, I was just in a meeting with I, who I believe probably the greatest man of God on planet earth. And he said something he's about to do in the ministry. And it was metal on metal. And I just, man, I started to weep. And Belinda said, you just, you got metal on metal? And he, then he came back the next day and said, I missed the Lord. And the Lord said to wait three years on that. And if I had proceeded, it would have been great destruction. And so I'm not saying, I mean, listen, I can miss it. Everyone is an is a earthen vessel. We all see through a glass darkly. But I've had lots of people in my world that say, I want to run something by you. And they'll just say, if you feel anything, let me know. And I'll do it. And I'll do it. And it's proven to be so accurate. The Lord told me everyone has that. That's the inward witness of the Holy Ghost. You just have to have a world where you're sold out and abandoned to that. Now listen, what I'm about to say about hearing the voice of God, you can take this and make it religion. Don't do that. You can make this law. No. I'm not allowed by the Lord to watch secular entertainment, secular television. It creates too much static. I can't hear the whisper. Of the compassion of God. If I've been watching people get stabbed and murdered and raped and all the other nonsense. And I'm not talking about rated R, crazy movies, full of nudity. I'm talking about just everyday stuff. Now I tell you this. As a prophet of God. What you watch with your eyes creates hardness of heart. It keeps you from hearing the voice of God clearly. I've listened, when I have missionaries that are really going through a struggle and they're like their relationships with their wife or in their church, I'll say 21 days of silence. It means you can still do your job, you can still do your ministry, but no more input. I've never had anyone at the end of 21 days not have the voice of God very clear. What you listen to with your ears and watch with your eyes creates static People don't like this. People love their TV. They love their social media. They love their talk radio. They love their blogosphere and podcasts. Do all that. Go for it. But if you find yourself unable, most Christians, most Holy Ghost Christians, if you put a gun to your head and say, tell me what God's saying right now, they couldn't do it. The average Christian who has come to me in great humility in a prayer line and said, I've been serving God this long. I really can't hear the voice of God. Two or three times in my life, I really know I've heard God. I can't imagine that flight. I have a father who I am his absolute favorite. I mean, I know that you all by the word say you're God's favorite. I am the apple of his eye. And he knows that 
hate the sound of his voice. And he talks to me all the time. The average Christian doesn't have that. And it's not a willingness on God's part. It's corrosion of the heart through nasty secular entertainment. And it doesn't even have to be wicked. You can't ask God to know his heart for the world and then watch people even lie, cheat, and steal. Now you preach like this and be like, oh, you're one of those old school Pentecostals, the one-eyed demon box and all that. Call me anything you want to. You can't match the peace I walk in. I wouldn't give this up for anything. Now I've got teenage kids and they feel the pressure of, you know, dad, we don't want that crap in my house. So I got this service called VidAngel that filters out all the nudity, all the language. It'll take like a two-hour movie and whittle it down to like an hour 25. And they're like, Dad, we can kind of follow the plot. I started allowing dams and hells in my house. And um, it grieved me so much that I just couldn't do it. Because, you know, if you, if, you, if you mute out everything they call cuss words nowadays, you can't listen to hardly anything. You can't follow the movie. So I said, kids, listen, I'll compromise. I'm not being hard. There'll be no F-bombs. There'll be none of this. But we'll just allow dams and hells. I was so grieved. My wife said, don't you feel that? And I said, I do. So we just, no, I'm sorry. Now, y'all can disagree with my parenting skills if you want to. My kids are allowed to go watch that stuff at their friend's house if they want to. Nothing rated R. Nothing with nudity. But everyone doesn't have the same convictions that I have. And I'm not even putting that on my kids. But my kids see the intimacy that I have with God, and they want that. My kids come to me and say, Dad, I'm giving up video. My son came to me and said, Dad, I'm giving up video games because I want what you have in God, and I can't sit there and kill people for hours at a time and then try to have God's heart to go and be sensitive to who to go share Jesus with as I walk down the street. It doesn't work. Am I preaching okay, Pastor Will? Hallelujah. One of my favorite scriptures. Man, I love you, Grace and Truth. Every now and then, my gift kicks in and I see where you're going to be. I see who you're told to be. I see where you're going to be. Man. Can I tell you something? If, if you could just get a glimpse of what God has for your life, you would soar over every challenge and it would not move you at all. The Bible says concerning God towards you, towards y'all, that as high as the heavens are over the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. I looked up once the thoughts of God towards me, the thoughts of God toward Russell Kyle Orphan are more than the number of the little pieces of sand anywhere on the earth or under the sea. Now you can say, yeah, that's just a metaphor. It's not just a metaphor. You are loved by God, and He wants so much for you. But you listen to this man of God. Where is it? How old are you? How many calendar flips are you going to allow before you step into the thing that you were put on the earth to do? Now, this is when you lose the crowd. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. It's not enough to know that I'm loved by God. It's not enough to know that He has great things for me. I'm asking you 
is a man of God that he's put into your world for this season. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's just a little more of this. Oh, it's just a little more of that. Oh, it's just a little more of this. A little more of that. That is nasty, stanky-led religion that always says it's a little more. If you would just do it like this, if you would just do it like that, I'm going to tell you the key to breakthrough and really get on the plan of God for your life. To really get to the place of fulfillment before the end of the summer of 2023. Hear the voice of God clearly and do it. Don't put your head down on your pillow at night till you've done everything the Lord wants you to do that day. This is my day planner. I made my own day planner. I don't trust secular companies. They're all lost anyway. I don't want to be on my phone all the time. And believe me, I'm a total gadget nerd. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on technology. The Lord said all of that creates static for me. So I've gone back to old-fashioned paper. Final facts. Every day. Every day. It reminds me of the 15 words that God told me to live by. And this is always before my eyes. The Lord told me 15 words. He said, these words will guide you. And if you'll get into the voice of God. This is like level 9, hearing the voice of God. If you'll hear the voice of God, He'll give you a phrase that you'll run on for the rest of your life. It'll carry you above every storm. I've never shared this publicly. I've never shown anyone with my wife this piece of paper. And I'm going to regret And I'm listen, I'm going to really question this after the service. I abandon myself to hear the voice of God. I know and I can feel that you put me on the earth for something. I'm not seeing it. I spent my whole life serving other people's ministries. And that's fine, but it never touched this thing in me that I know. You created me for more. And God said, these 15 words will guide you. Get your own 15 words. But these are my 15 words. God said, abide in my presence. Live a fasted life. Preach every day. All natural, nothing foreign. And I won't even tell you what all that means. But that God wants to guide you. And yes... This is the most sure word of prophecy. Hear me clearly. This is God's word to us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. At the same time, this is not the only way that God leads us. This is the logos, the written word of God. There's also the rena, the revealed word of God. This is God's instruction book for every situation. But God gives specific instructions. This morning, I'm in my hotel room, and I have lots of time to get ready. I went down, and I met the chef at the restaurant. We were talking. Made me what I wanted for breakfast. I've got like two hours before I've got to head this way. It's an hour drive. The Lord tells me, leave 15 minutes early. I don't want to leave 15 minutes early. I don't want to stand around. I don't like to get distracted before I preach. I love you. I don't want to get a bunch of small talk. My preference is worship would already be going. I'd walk in that door, grab the mic, and go. That's the way I'm wired from the manufacturer. God says, leave 15 minutes early. And I say, yes, sir. I've learned. I miss it sometimes, only when I'm distracted. I left 15 minutes early, and I guess it's rodeo traffic. Traffic is so backed up, people are going down the embankments on both sides, 
trying to avoid stuff. Everyone's got some big place to go. Well, it's backed up for 15 minutes. Spent out here on time. You know, I lost my wallet at a hotel in Louisiana. Let me tell you about the voice of God. I lost my wallet in a hotel in Louisiana a year ago, a year and a half ago. And it would take probably three days of work to cancel every credit card that I have. International cards. Um, I mean, I don't know, a hundred different things that are tied to all those different cards to run the ministry. Got to go into the DMV and get a new license. But that's what happens. I have lost my wallet and I need to cancel everything. I don't have an assistant anymore. It's all going to be me sitting on the phone with India trying to get all this stuff explained. And the Lord said, don't do a thing. Now, you better know you've heard the voice of God. Anyone can have my credit cards. I probably have easily a half a million dollars credit line just in, in my wallet. They could be going and doing anything with my physical cards. The Lord said, don't do a thing. One day, two day, three day. I am not loving life. I don't even have a debit card. I had a few hundred dollars cash, and I've got to get all the way from Louisiana. I was driving back to Florida. Belinda's like, my wife, she's like, come on, I'll help you. Let's just get on the phone. Let's do the three-way calls. Authorize me. Let's do all this. And I said, I'm telling you, the Lord said, don't do a thing. For two weeks, I was not allowed to do anything. I didn't have a debit card. Didn't have ministry cards. No, I've got a break. I'm checking online banking every single day to see if anything's going through. Two weeks later, they told me my wallet had gotten tied up. In the edge of a comforter, a duvet cover, ended up in the bottom of a laundry chute and was laying there. They found it, they overnighted it to me. I found out later that we were doing some very critical things in the Middle East, and had I canceled my cards, it would have probably set us back two years, all the things that were hitting that card at that time. You've got to learn to hear the voice of God with great clarity. And God's not asking you to do these things to frustrate you. The same Holy Ghost that wants you to hear His voice will help you. But you must, must, must get quiet. People ask me, how did I have confidence in the voice of God? Shut up. (laughs) Get up in the morning and listen to what you hear. Write it down. Feel like a fool. I tell you, there's some powerful ministries that I've helped them that every morning... For 30 days, they would email me something and say, I felt God say this, 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 this. And I would say, that's God, that's God, that's God. That is metal on metal. That is just your flesh. Do you really hate that person? Do you have unforgiveness? And we would just whittle through. And they learned to hear the voice of God. I want that for you. Grace and truth. I want that for you. Praise the Lord. I'm not even done with my introduction. I want to give you a scripture. I want to give you a scripture. Galatians chapter 5, Hannah. Are you Hannah? I might have known that. I keep hearing Hannah. Praise the Lord. I'm taken back to the barbecue place. You and I had a conversation about Hannah. You were saying very nice things about her. And you're involved in like a... Make out here, this kind of thing. 
In fact, I'm going to just tell you what the Lord told me. He told me, Hannah, this morning, don't marry him. That's what the Lord told me. Now, you do whatever you want with that. I know. I got people all over the world that didn't have any other kind of stuff. God wants to save your baby. Wants to save you from heartache. Three people in my church in Fort Worth, I had the same word for. Most companies won't even touch babies and marriage. I do it all. All three of them ended up not good. Lots of pain. God told me he wants to save your baby. You think God talks like that? He does. Take the second thing. If you'll listen to the voice of God, if you'll listen to the voice of God, he's going to bless you in this career that you want to do. I see you doing hair and makeup, but it growing into something else. And I'll tell you, you're going to be very blessed to own your own business. And you're going to be a minister. I see people coming to you of great influence because you're going to have supernatural skill and wisdom in this industry that you're in, but they're going to sit and talk to you, and you're actually going to know the secrets of their heart by revelation and steer very powerful people in this city and in other major cities of the world. If you'll listen to the voice of God, people will fly to you from other cities to sit with you, and they will pay you a lot of money and you will have supernatural insight to help direct your lives. You will be a tool in the hand of God doing something you love and making over $100,000 a year doing it. Amen. Don't marry him. No, no, don't clap. That's not easy to hear. I don't know you. But I'm telling you, I'm a provision. I keep hearing Hannah. Hannah. See, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows the heartbreak of betrayal and is going to keep you from that. Now, if he wants to hunt me down and bring a gun, bring it on. I've been through this before. I don't know your situation. I didn't even know your name. I'm just telling you the Lord. He loves you. I know I look intense. My heart is like bursting for you. How old are you? Uh, 27. Awesome. Awesome. That's all right. God doesn't want you to have a life of destruction. You lose five years of your life to pay. He's going to preserve your life and your happiness. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you one more thing. I'll tell you one more thing. But am I okay, Pastor Yeah. Tell you one more thing. I didn't even know that you had a boyfriend. So there, there is a report that you're going to receive about your womb that's negative, about future ability to have children and these other things. And I see the Lord turning it immediately. I know nothing about this. I see the Lord turning something in your womb. You must listen to the voice of God. You don't have to do anything. But I'm just saying what the Lord told me as I stand here. Praise the Lord. He's a good God. He's beyond good. You know that dork song, He's a Good, Good Father? He is a perfect dad. He is a perfect dad. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come and talk to me after service. Come and talk to me after service. Praise the Lord. You guys love the presence of God? Close your eyes. 
The presence of the dog's going to increase, and the whole meeting is going to shift. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is a day where there will be keyboards playing as a background. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a prayer just pray in the Spirit. You don't have to be obnoxious. Just meet up on This lady right here, my friend right here, I
praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, this is what I was put on the earth to do. Walk up and down the aisles and minister to people. Praise the Lord. I don't remember your name, but I remember something that the Lord said to you at the beginning of this year. And I saw this in a vision. I saw a sharp knife come and it was cutting off excess. And that's the only thing that I ministered to you was about the Lord was going to trim off these things. And even going into like the first quarter of the year, there would be something happening. You recall that? Sure. Now, the Lord said this morning, about 3.45, that a chef always trims the most expensive steak before he presents it. Before it actually does the purpose for which it was created. To nourish people, to feed people, listen with your spirit. That God has to trim off the excess before He presents it. God says that you're coming to the end, the end of March, be the end of the trimming. Then is going to be the presenting, and there's going to be new ministry doors that open to you after the month of March, and you are to take them. And God said that the thing that you walk in and measure. But the thing that is so on the inside of you, it's such a precious thing of your heart. The things you want to see you yourself do in the earth. God says it begins, it begins, it begins. And I see you ministering, and I'm not calling you to the healing ministry. But I see you emptying hospital rooms. Hallelujah. I see you emptying hospital rooms. I see an old-fashioned medical chart. Where there's a diagnosis and everybody around them believes it. But I see you taking the hand of a man in a hospital bed. And he leaves the room that he was never supposed to leave. Because you came on the scene. And that's what's in your heart. And that's what you're going to see. And it begins. As you come out of the trimming and into the presentation. You're going to finish your days ministering you. You are a man of the spirit. And like me. You have static in your world that you have to eliminate. Follow the joy that bubbles up here. God's going to ask you to lay out some things that mean things to you. They mean something to you. But you'll have such joy as you do it. I'm giving you supernatural word of wisdom. There's a supernatural confirmation for the rest of your life. It'll bubble here. No matter what it feels like here, it'll bubble here and you'll go that direction. Supernatural progress will be yours too. God's going to make up some lost time to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I love you, Jesus. Lord, I'll minister to every person here or I'll shut my mouth. I only want what you want. I only want to say what you want to say. I want to give you this word from heaven. And you say, well, this sounds like a Bible verse. It is. It's the purest word of prophecy that you can have. This word, if you grab it, will change your life. This word will have you change planes in God in 30 days. You say, why do you keep mentioning time frames? Because I hear it. I hear it. I get myself in so much trouble mentioning time frames. I'm just telling you. What I hear, the Lord said, if you'll take this word as a prophet telling you the secrets of your heart, 
if you'll take this word with the same sincerity, 30 days from now, you will have changed planes in the spirit. Galatians 5, 20, Galatians 5, 15 in the Amplified. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And if by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Holy Ghost. You love God. You love God. You're people of the Word. But listen to me. Your conduct is not being controlled by the Holy Ghost, by habit, by tradition, by expectations of people. Here's what you do. You lay it all out there before God and say, I have my life in God by you, Holy Ghost. That's what it just said. And I'm going to walk every day with my conduct controlled by the Holy Ghost. If I be a man of God, you'll be walking along your normal life and he will tell you, don't do that. And when you don't, he'll say, I've been telling you that for years. I weighed 356 pounds at one point. That's fat. Even being almost six foot three, that's fat. I said, I know I'm built like a football player. No, I love to eat. And I was pulling into a Taco Bell, which was my normal everyday thing. That was my fourth meal. Drop my wife crazy. She cooks healthy. I eat it. It's organic. It's, it's awesome. But I'll go to Taco Bell and have a Mexican pizza and sit up on little thingies and all that stuff. I'm pulling into Taco Bell and the audible voice of God says, don't! And I was turning, and I whipped it back, and I just kept on driving. And like I told you, my brother, I felt such a supernatural joy. And I said, God, if you don't want me to talk to Bell, all you got to do is just say so. He said, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> fatty? No, he didn't say fatty. He didn't say fatty. <laughs> we get death. Talk about level nine here at the voice of God. I'm going to close with this, I think. We are deaf to certain things that God says. I was a jerk to my wife and kids in an in a area. And here's the thing. I'm, I was fat. Much, I mean, much fatter than I am now. And I'm hot all the time. You can't carry around 150 excess pounds and not just be hot all the time. So in my house, I would keep it 69 degrees. Now that creates like a five or six hundred dollar a month uh, electric bill, and that's on balance billing. <laughs> but my wife is not fat, and my kids are not fat. They are freezing all the time, and and my wife, she she's such a trooper. She would just literally wear sweatpants around the house. My little girl would wear layers. Um, I was like, why is the electric bill so high? Which well, is the AC runs twenty four seven, sixty nine degrees. And everyone in the house has a space heater in their room, on the couch, in the living room, in the study. Everyone, they're, they're freezing all the time. I went on a fast and I said, Lord, if there's anything in my life, and this sounds funny. Lord, if there's anything in my life that's not pleasing to you, just tell me. And he said, you're selfish. You make everyone in your house freeze because you're hot. 
No, I would tell them, listen, y'all can put on clothes. Y'all don't want to see me walk around my boxes all the time. No, no, I'm selfish. And you know, by God's grace, I said, this is the last time. Now, y'all will still think this might be too cold. But I said, We're, this house will never be before set below 74 degrees. And I've kept that word now. Four years. And my body has adjusted. <laughs> but my family's not miserable. My wife, she's like, I can wear skimpy things. Because I'm not so cold. She said, Russell, I can't shave my legs. Because as soon as I shave my legs, there's instantly chill bumps. It's been very good for me to keep my house at 74. My kids are like, my friends can come over and there's not like an icebox. Can see your breath in the game room. I was deaf. And I did. I promise you, I asked the Lord, how long has this been a problem? And he showed me years ago that my family would complain all the time. I don't care. Put on more clothes. I got to be comfortable. I'm the big guy. I'm just built like a football player. No, Fatty, you're selfish. Every one of you here has things in your life that God is speaking to. I promise you. But your death on this frequency is not that you don't love God. You do. I know I'm in a house of people that love God. You love God with all your heart. But you're freaking deaf because anything you don't obey once, you get dull to. Anything you don't obey twice, you get more dull. You get about five or six of those in a row. That's it. It's not that God's not speaking. He is. You don't hear on that wavelength. Have you ministered along these lines here before about being deaf? Nice. <laughs> so what do you do with that? Grace and truth? Man, shut up. Get your world quiet. This is what I do. I do this. Never mind. I, I, can't, I can't share too much. I do this on a weekly basis. Every Saturday night, I say, Lord, this is my weekly review. Just me and you. And I'm telling you, this is exactly how it goes. Lord, you can say anything to me. Hurt my feelings. Offend me. Offend my mind to reveal my heart. Tell me anything. I don't want to miss it. Life goes by too fast to miss it. The years go by too fast to miss it. The prophet said, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Not to the left. Not to the right. The average Christian's not doing that. They're just walking. And then right before they head off the cliff, God will save them. And we all rejoice. But that's not our inheritance. We are to live in such intimacy with God that we're never even caught unaware. There's a language in the scriptures that says that God doesn't even want you to stumble. God doesn't want you to even dash your little toe against a stone. The average Christian, Holy Ghost, full of faith, full of grace, full of power, isn't living like that. And do you know why? They're deaf. You can fix deafness this week. How? Shut up! Get your world quiet! Listen to the voice of God. But what you don't obey hardens your heart. God gave me this word of wisdom, and I said it to someone, very powerful man of God, and he just began to weep and weep. And I was thinking, man, 
nobody will believe that I'm sitting here in this room with this great man of God that everyone knows. And he's just weeping like a little child because you gave me this prophetic word for him. And, and what it was was every time you don't obey instantly, you harden your ability to receive. And now you've got this amazing ministry, but your wife is leaving you because you're a freaking jerk. But you can't hear the Holy Ghost correct you because you didn't obey him the first time or the second time. And now you think this is just the way it is. No! God will speak to you. Yes. Hallelujah. And that's the foundation of becoming a person of the Spirit. I wanted to minister this morning. Circled. I wanted to minister this morning on faith. Becoming a person of the Spirit and walking in faith. I'm going to dive into it next week. I want to tell you about two men that literally moved mountains. And the Lord gave me the secret. And I'll tell it to you, but you've got to come back next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's no way I'm ever going to be done. No, I'm not kidding. I can preach, I can preach until midnight. Read the book of Acts and see how long their meetings went. God is always speaking. But I just feel a release in my spirit that I've deposited what God wanted this morning. You know, true story. I was on the plane and I wrote down 10 things that were in my spirit to how to be a person. I never thought this question. God said, minister of grace and truth on becoming a person of the spirit. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to minister on. So I said, Holy Ghost, tell me. And he gave me 10 things to talk to you about. I never got past number one, the voice. <laughs> so next week we're going to talk about faith. And then for the rest of my season here, I have an assignment from God. And I'm an input into your world. This here is the teacher, the man that God has put in your life to teach you strong doctrine. I get to come through and scream and yell and just reiterate some things. I know in my spirit, he said that a minute ago, but I felt it in my spirit. I'm not really giving much that's new. I'm just reiterating what you already heard. It just comes through a different office. It hits different. Praise the Lord. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the altars. The altars, such as they are. I made a covenant with God. This is what I was put on the earth to do. I give you everything I have every time I stand in front of you. And I always will. Until I go to be with Jesus at 93 years of age. If Jesus cares. If I know the age of my death, does that mean Jesus isn't coming? It doesn't. His coming will supersede every prophetic word. Hallelujah. Or we'd all know when he's coming, there would be nothing beyond that. Baby, I've been encountering this all the year, 2222. I can tell you some things about what's happening on the moon. I can blow your mind. And we'll do that sometime. We'll talk about the future of the earth sometime. But at least nine more sessions, not before then. <laughs> but I made a covenant with God that I would give you everything I have in pulpit ministry. But that I'm not leaving the building unless I've given you the opportunity to know Jesus is your Savior. And I don't feel anyone lost in the house. And I want to minister to your greatest need. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can receive this morning. And in addition to that, if there is a need that you have in your life, 
that you want this loud, sweaty man of God to pray over, I'll do it. And I'm in enough covenant relationship with you now that if you've got some decisions to make and you just want some input, I'll tell you if I feel metal on metal. I got myself in so much trouble at my church in Fort Worth doing this, but it also saved some people big time. I mean, like, I got people that they have avoided prison and divorce and all kinds of things. And I'm just, I may not have anything. But as I pray and as I minister, I feel the release to just, like, be myself. I'm, like, part of the house here, you know. And I love you. Please, I know I'm a different kind of gift than Pastor Will. And maybe I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But I shout and I yell. But it comes from a place of fire and passion to see you have everything that God wants you to have. Amen. In Jesus' name. I want to bless you, sir. I just, can I pray for you? You have a need of me? Yes.
And I know that it means the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. But I just feel stirred in my heart that there's more to it than that. That I'll put my hands on your shoulder and tell you that the voice of the accuser shall be silenced in Jesus' name. So much so, I'm not prophesying someone's death or destruction, but it would not surprise me if someone doesn't have a major life change for the negative that would rail against you, man and all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, God wasn't, God doesn't move like that in the age of grace. Well, yeah, he does. I can tell you so many stories. Don't mess with God's people. Amen. You are the apple of his eye. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you don't have to go, I'm going to prophesy about America. I see the American flag and I see it burning not with civil discord not like the plan of the enemy wants I see the fire of God burning across America and that what you've seen in the news even on the tallest campuses is but a foreshadowing of the move of my spirit that will sweep every people group It'll touch every level of socioeconomic status. It'll be in the church, yes, but it'll spill outside of the church in a measure not seen in a generation. The move of my spirit that has been long prophesied has already begun. Do not look for it to look like it has in the past, says the Lord. For I'm doing a new thing through a new generation of men and women that are not stuck in the ways of the old. But I'm going to move. And I'm going to receive the glory. And the eyes of the earth shall watch it all at one time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even this year the fire has been kindled. But oh, it shall burn bright into the next year. And all the year after that it will sweep across America. From coast to coast and border to border. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell them, Lord. I'll tell them. I'll tell them, Father. These great stadiums that you see in America that were built for sports entertainment, they were built by one purpose, by the hand of man. But God says, I will kick them over, and I will use them to show my glory to the world. There shall be... Hallelujah. There shall be revival in America. And the eyes of the earth shall see it. And it shall fill even the largest stadiums of your land, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I see small churches being swept up. I see small country churches that don't have 100 people. I see 10,000 people standing on the church grounds as the hunger of the people is stirred. As the hunger of the people is stirred. You won't be able to avoid the move of God. You won't be able to avoid the fire of God. It will be on every platform. The eyes of the earth shall see America burning with the fire of revival. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory. 
Father, that you would be glorified. Hey, Lord, that you would be glorified. hear the Lord saying that even in the next week before we gather again that there's words of strong correction coming to you that will yield much fruit and I'll tell the Father the Lord said when I was in all that prayer he said to teach grace and truth to minister along these lines becoming a person of the spirit and his promises was that it will yield much fruit in your life very quickly. I see some of you are going to change levels. You say, does the Spirit have levels? It does. For the Word of God declares He'll take you from glory to glory and strength to strength and faith to faith. There are levels in the Spirit. And there are people in this building you will change levels very quickly. I see a woman crying out to God. I know that you put this fire in me even to preach. Hallelujah. You put this ministry in me to minister. Not just to be on the sidelines, but to minister. And it will be activated as you take these steps. Hallelujah. And your face is hidden from me. But you're here in the room today. You've known from the time you were a child that you were called for something great in the kingdom of God. And you just haven't been able to get there. Oh, but you're going to get there, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You shall change levels very quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. of the temple <laughs> Solomon said about God <laughs> he said that your mouth said it and your hand has done it and God said that that will be your story in 2023 that you'll see the full manifestation that you'll say as Solomon That your mouth has declared it and your hand has done it. And God said, this will be your portion even this year.
God said. Oh, praise the Lord. I keep a dirty little secret. I live to just stay over in the Holy Ghost. I've never done heroin. I have lots of friends that have. I just feel like who would need that would need to have this. Man, I don't have a care in the world. I want to buy everybody lunch. I want to pay off your mortgages. I love you all so much. Man, I love you, Grace and Truth. I can hear myself getting slurred. I love you, Grace and Truth. I mean, I really do. We're gonna see, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see the hand of God move in this church. We're going to see this place about triple in people. And we're going to have a house. And I'm going to have a place to come off the road and just show up. Never know when I'm coming. Just show up and know that this is like my home here. You know, I lost my church home that I gave 20 years of my life to and it broke my heart. But I feel the Lord knitting me with you and it's awesome for me. God's God is using you to bless me. I love the local church. I go to a mega church. I love thousands of people. You, you Churches can't be big enough for me. But I love the intimacy of knowing you and your world. Now, we're not going to go out to eat and become friends. I'll tell you why. I won't be able to speak by the Holy Ghost. I'll pull back if I know something in the natural. Even Hannah's name, I wrestled with it the whole time. Because I thought maybe that was your name, but I can't hear you in my left ear. Because we had just mentioned your pretty daughter. And just what a blessing you are. So, we're not going to become buds, but I love you. I mean, I really do. Hallelujah. I really feel drunk. <laughs> Sometimes I only get like two or three nights, two or three hours of sleep, and I'll be out in my prayer room. I want to tell you something. 
judge us. Y'all can listen to this. It will apply to some of you. You have a real heart for God. You have a heart for God like I have. It's just real, man. It's not in it for yourself. It's not in it to be known. I mean, you really want the glory of God to be known on the earth for him. And that's awesome. And I feel the Lord telling me to tell you a secret. Praise the Lord. Do you wake up in the early hours of the night now? Because yeah. I was standing over here and I heard the Lord tell me to tell you that you have the same gifting that I have. David was a man after God's own heart. And he said, in the night hours, my heart instructs me. I wake up every night. I wake up almost every morning around 3.30. And I know things. And my, my, my level of knowledge is so clear because my heart has been instructing me the entire time I'm asleep. But then when I'm up, I'm up. So here in this last run of my life, I'm trying to figure out how can I keep up this pace but only wake up at 3.30 every morning. But I felt the Lord tell me to tell you that you can trust what you wake up knowing because your heart for God has been instructing you. And as you gain confidence in this, you're going to know things about people, about events, about situations. It's a whole other level of revelation. It's literally your spirit, your heart and spirit are used interchangeably in the scriptures. Your spirit's instructing you in the night. Now, it's not like you won't walk into a situation and know by the Holy Ghost revelation. But I was standing there and the Lord said, tell him, confirm to him, that thing where you wake up knowing things in the early hours, that's actually the revelation gift in your life. And you just need confidence in it. Praise the Lord. And there's going to be instructions. And you'll be more apt to trust that than anything else. I'm not going into what Pastor Will said about hearing God all throughout the day and not just in the morning. This is something different. Your heart instructs you in the night and you know. All right. Anyone else have that where you wake up in the early hours of the morning? You? You? Anyone else? You? Well, since you said that... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is a problem. It's a problem. 
And the whole time I'm preaching, I just want you to know, there's a whole new place in God that comes from here, but not from here. And God wants to take you there. No one can do it. You can't figure it out. You just have to say, I'm going this way. Live by what's in here. Listen, God will on purpose make you do things to offend this. Because this is not where God lives. This thing is subject. This thing, this soul realm, can go either way. Yeah, this here is how God leads you. You're a mighty man of God. And you've never even entered into the fullness of what you were put on the earth to do. And it's literally because you're so speaking smart. But you can't figure it out in your head. And I want to tell you this. And I don't know you. I don't even know your name. Don't tell me your name. God has given you an instruction already in your spirit that doesn't make any sense to your head. And you're not taking action on it. I don't know what it is. But it'll be there. If you'll seek the Lord, I promise you, there's something you already have been feeling in your spirit. And you'll take action on it. And there's an excellent chance of people around you already know. Alright? Come on, bless you. Father, bless my friend now. In Jesus' name. This anointing that I carry, Father, I loose into him. In Jesus' name. Lord, that he would be the man you called him to be. In Jesus' name. God said, what you're doing now is good. But God wants to take you to great. And that's for you, Hannah. I keep saying I'm not going to say all this stuff, and I just want to tell you. God said he doesn't want you to settle for good, which is his heart great. He wants to take you to great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I really believe I'm sitting here this morning for you. I believe that with all my heart. Jesus loves you that much. Okay, $4,000 for you. You're, 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 you're worth $400 million. And I'm not kidding. The Lord, I promise you, as I stand here, the Lord's sitting here just for you to save you from a broken heart and a broken heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you love me? I love you. Even if you don't love me, I'm still going to love you. But strong people just love everybody. And that's kind of how I feel. Oh, all right, come on, Pastor Will. Hallelujah. This service went nothing, nothing like I thought it was going to. But my wife told me that. She called me and she said, Russell, I've been praying. She said, just get up there and let it rip. Just let it rip. So I did my best, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, Hallelujah. Father, we lift up my brother Russell to you. And we thank you for the gift that he is to the body of Christ. Your personal gift to us, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for, for giving him a heart for us, for giving us favor with this wonderful brother and friend and man of God. And we just thank you, Lord, for blessing him in every way, not only physically, <laughs> but also financially. Lord, we are believing for 40 times 4,000 per month. Blowing through his phone. 40 times 4,000. Whatever that is. And that's in the next five years. So we oh, just thank Jesus. you for that, Lord. And we thank you that it will be sustainable and just ever-growing. And he will have to raise up, raise up. He will raise up. He will duplicate himself because he'll have to turn over this, this gigantic ministry. And as of now, there's no one that... That he, they can be entrusted with that. So he's going to have to begin that program 
immediately. I see that plan, plans for that having to start immediately if it's going to carry on because what you have for him, Lord, is too big for his lifetime. Even though he will live to be a healthy uh, old man. And we just thank you to see he, that he will see his great-grandchildren, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for that. Healthy. And we just thank you, Lord. But still, it's going to be so big that he, he will not be able to fulfill the, the vision that you have uh, for the ministry that you've placed in his heart and his lifetime. So thank you, Lord, for helping him to raise up leaders. Thank you, Father. Manager leaders. Yes. We love you, Lord, and uh, we'll, we'll do right by you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing him in every way. Thank you, Lord, that every word that came out of his mouth today, well, Lord, we just believe it was from you. And so, Lord, help our hearts to receive with joy and understanding. And, Lord, I just ask that you, that, uh, the, that you comfort those who need comforting now and lead them through this. Because sometimes, uh, Lord, you give us a, an instruction and it's a painful one. And, and, and the steps... You just have to lead us step by step, Lord, and we just thank you that you'll be there every step of the way, and the light will grow brighter and brighter and brighter as we head along that path in obedience to you. And we just thank you that you love us so much that you surround us with a family of believers who love us and will encourage us and, 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 and comfort us with the comfort that we need. And we thank you, Lord, for all of the precious teaching that you've given us. We look forward to the word of faith next week and for all of the weeks that he will be here with us, Lord, we just ask that you always extend traveling mercies, that you assign angels to encamp round about him and all of us and all of those who are hearing by, by uh, some other means in the future. Sorry about the video today. <laughs> we love you too and we just speak a blessing over all of you. We speak a blessing over everyone in this house and your families and friends and everywhere you go. As you begin to hear the Lord more clearly, day by day by day, you are going to be a blessing. You're going to be the salt and light that God has called you to as you begin to walk in power and love and victory and authority. As you hear God better and he always has you in the right place at the right time. And his favor always surrounds you as a shield. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Bring him up. Will, come stand here with me. Will, come stand here with me. Hi. So I don't, I don't think this is like it. Um,